going into my basketball. Every time I rock, man, this is how we rap around. Peace to my man. Now we got the camera out. Every time I spit it, cross over the Alright, hello everyone, this is Josh, also known as Yashu, and you're tuning in to episode 51 of the TOY Talks podcast. You know, we're having it like all over, like on all other platforms like Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, much more. You know, definitely like check those out like on all platforms and you know, we'll just get this started uh, right now, you know. So basically, she just dropped her latest uh, EP, I Am Tower Lord, Chapter 1 was also known for performing at uh, Rolling Loud uh, last year in Toronto and had, like, a magnificent, like, set, like, from there and all that, just, like, from seeing, like, the visuals and everything like that. Has worked with the likes of Dub J, Young Tory, Roni, Nanu, much more, and, you know, was a former child rapper turned actual rapper and recording artist. We have Tara Lord in the building. Tara, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right, you know, like, we just, like, actually, like, tapped in just uh, recently uh, at your uh, EP uh, release party and all that, and, like, it was actually, like, a dope event and all that. You had a spoken word artist perform and all that, and, you know, I've been, like, checking out, like, the music from there for a while and all that, and I think the first um, time we actually, I actually might have noticed you or, like, we kind of, like, sort of linked up uh, was at um, NASCAR uh, Allo's uh, show last year and all that, and I think we just kind of, like, said, like, hi briefly uh, for yeah. a bit, too, and then... We kind of get to know each other more, like, at that EP release uh, party just, like, a while back, too. So, you know, it's been interesting that you've been making, you know, your, your name more, like, relevant, like, in the networking and, like, Toronto music yeah. scene and all that. Just, like, it's interesting. Yeah, for them. sure. I've definitely been, you know, pushing harder and doing more shows and just trying to get out there, trying to network more because, like, your network is really your net worth for real. So, no, nah, 100%, you know, and... You know, I think everything has been discussed, like, within past interviews and within your music, too. But this is going to be, like, a little bit more in-depth, like, in some cases to kind of answer certain stuff as well as to speak about, like, the EP as well, too. Yeah. So I want to get it started uh, right here. So um, where did you uh, grow up and was like, what was, like, the environment like for you growing up? Would you say you had a great childhood or would it be, like, a very different experience? Uh, I would say I had, a good, I had a good childhood, you know, mom and dad together. I lived in a house um, in Scarborough. Shout out to Scarborough. I went to um, General Curar, which is right behind Winston Churchill, Birchmont and Lawrence. So, yeah, I grew up in Scarborough. I had a good childhood. Um, I grew up around music. So I was kind of like my mom was always playing music. My dad had a music studio. So it was music was a big part of my childhood. Um, I also did like gymnastics as a child. I did like dancing, singing, performing, just all of that stuff. And I'm lucky to have supportive parents that also have been supporting me since a kid, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, like Scarborough, like even at that time, too, um, because you grew up like in the late 90s or like mid 90s, right? Uh, I was born in 99, so I grew up in, like, 2000s, ah, early true. 2000s, yeah. Yeah, so, like, around that time, like, it was, like, sort of big with music, you know, with Cardinal Official, with Maestro Fresh West, with your father, with everyone else, to, like, now with, like, 3M uh, French, you know, Bugs, uh, Roni, yeah. everyone else, too, so... In Scarborough at the time as a kid, you know, was it big for music at the time? Just as like mm. an industry area or just as a community at the time? Um, I feel like I just grew up in like a neighborhood, a community. I didn't know that much about the music industry yet as a child. Like I remember hearing like Colonel Fischal and like... Um, What's it called? Like classified and people oh, like true. that on the radio. But I didn't really, really tap into the music scene until honestly after I left 
Scarborough oh, sure. and I moved to Durham. That's when I started tapping in to the oh, Toronto true, scene true. more. No, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've discussed like your father like many times, you know, he was a part of the original like Sunshine crew. Yeah. And was also doing oh, like you many did of... your history. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I watched like a lot of like interviews like just like yeah. the past couple of days. So it's like, I already know like more about the foundation of yeah. what your father's doing. But, you know, knowing that he directed music videos and you know, he owned a studio, you know, how was it like at that time, you know, being in the studio and on set for some of his directed stuff? Did it give you sort of like a glimpse of what the music scene was like like for you in that sense too? Yeah, I mean, I was a really young child, so I don't remember too much from those days. Like I'm told stories about being in the studio and being around sets and stuff, but I don't really remember much. I would say though, growing up from what I can remember from about five or six years old, I would watch music videos with my dad and he would teach me about the angles and he would be like, okay, Tara, like, this is, like, different cuts and this person's lip syncing and um, just teaching me different things about oh, true, about true. the industry as a young child. But as far as being there, I was, like, I don't remember much, yeah, yeah since I was so young. Yeah, no, because, like, I think, you know, like, even with, you know, kids more, like, with artists and all that, too, like, I recently had uh, Beauty in the Riot, who's uh, the daughter of... Um, one of the uh, lead singers from Jackson and all that. And, you know, basically it was like interesting hearing her perspective uh, more on it. Um, But like, as you kind of like grew older, like, was it something that was like very interesting for you to kind of like shadow like your father for a bit to know more about like the music scene and all that even like until now and all that yeah for sure when I was about like seven years old my dad was he he wanted to make a comeback he's he started like writing raps and he went to a couple studio sessions which he brought me for and I was like so intrigued I was like um, Nicki Minaj had just come out you know she's getting popular and I was listening to hip hop and I was like hmm like this music seems this music thing seems kind of cool I actually went to one of his friend's studios and I laid down like eight bars that he oh, wrote true, for true. me and I was like one time he was writing a song and I was like can you teach me so it, it, it was it was a cool experience for him to like break stuff down for me and you know teach me about the hip hop roots and teach me about what he's accomplished in the Canadian hip hop game. And yeah, it's been cool to learn from him and just kind of continue what he started. Uh, sure. No, 100% too. And, you know, getting more on, onto like the parents uh, side for a bit too. So you're actually half Bayesian and half uh, Costa Rica, Rican, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Not that many people know that I am half Latina. Um, I do speak it a little, but not too much. Uh, I do sure. understand it all, though. Uh, Definitely. Sure. I want to tap into like the Latin market and, you know, start embracing that side and making some Spanish music for sure. No, 100% too. And, you know, just even being at home at the time and all that, like I know like the music gets played. I know the food is like shown around and all that so describe to me more about that as well as like the household like in general and all that household yeah big on food you know Bayesians we love our food um so I grew up more with my Bayesian side of the family Uh, because my mom is the only one here from her from Uh, her family all my other um Costa Rican families is in Costa Rica so I grew up around Bayesian families you know um getting together for birthdays and Christmases and Easter's and all that thing Lots of food. Um, honestly, not too big on the music. Besides my dad, like, there was never any music playing for, like, you know, family functions. Uh, but true. in the house, my mom would be playing, you know, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Cindy Lauper, a bunch of, like, reggaeton. My dad would always be playing, like, Tupac, you know, like, 
you know, like hip hop, yeah, low Kim, no, yada, yada, yada. So definitely got like a variety of different music and a variety of different foods too, since both my parents cook. So uh, true, true. Yeah. So they, do they have like more of like a curry goat thing, uh, like on the Bayesian side and all that? Or like what would be like the signature, the signature like dishes, like within like Bayesian culture and all that? Yeah. Um, it's pretty similar to like the other islands. I would say our signature dish is flying fish. Flying fish. Uh, there's like cuckoo, which is like the I say like it's like the Bayesian fufu. It's made out of cornmeal, and we eat it with like an okra, okra stew, um, barbecue chicken, macaroni pie. You know all the staples, <laughs> stew uh, chicken. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, and you know, I actually want to ask this. You know, which is like very like interesting too. Um, I know of some people like they've either bought like a song or a CD and all that. So for you, what was like the first song or like CD you ever? like bought like to get to know more about music and all that yeah it's interesting you say that because i was just writing just for shits and giggles i was just writing a song about the first time i bought my first cd a couple days ago i'm it's hard to remember i think it was lil wayne the carter four i'm pretty sure my cousin took me to get it either on my birthday or for christmas and i remember i had a jason derulo cd and i had a lil wayne cd and she's like hey pick one no shade for jason derulo because i loved him too (laughs) but i was like uh which one and i ended up getting the lil wayne one she was like are you sure your dad's gonna be like are you sure your parents are gonna be okay with this i'm like yeah it's okay it's cool and yeah so definitely grew up being a lil wayne fan young money fam a young money fan in general to be honest True, yeah. true. Nah, 100% too. And, you know, now we're just like getting more onto Little T story uh, for a bit too. And I know that you've already discussed about like being a child rapper, like in past interviews and all that. But like more in depth, like in that sense too, like when you started off as like Little T and all that, like how was like dealing with the fame and recognition uh, like for you, like as a child rapper, like in Toronto and all that? Yeah, honestly, I loved it. Um, It was cool. I mean, like, I would walk down the hallways and like, you know, my classmates would be singing my song. And I remember one time, like they called me down to the office um, at school and they were like, look, look, like your face is on the cover of the the newspaper, which was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, it it was honestly a good experience. I didn't really have any negative. I don't really have any negative memories that I can think of from it. Nah, mm-hmm. 100% too, because I know with, you know, like the getting, like the rise to like child fame and all that, like, I think like the closest um, child rapper from Toronto that I've ever noticed was this kid like named like little Jay-Z and all that. And, you know, basically I just saw him like at an event like several years ago and oh. all that. But um, I know if being like a child, like in that sense too, like within like music, you know, sometimes there's like the ups and downs and all that too. So like usually some people would have like more interesting moments than, you know, stuff that could be like tough and all that sense and all that and it kind of depends on the fame and like level as well too so yeah i mean nothing negative that i can think of in the fact of being known but definitely like with music there are you know like the disappointments auditioning for something not getting it but i feel like in life whether in life like regardless of whatever you do there's going to be that disappointment you know yeah, so, nah, 100% yeah. too. And, you know, one fact about you is that you were actually on Family Channel's We Are Savvy and all that. And Not a lot of people know that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I just kind of, like, tapped that in from, like, an interview that I just, like, recently watched. Yeah. And, you know, how did you manage to be on that show? And what was that What was that experience like for you being on that show on a major Canadian platform uh, yeah. like that in that sense? 
I mean, I um, I sh- I performed at Honey Jam. I believe it was 2015, and you know, I like shut down the performance. It's still one of my favorite performances till this day. When um, the Axis Club was the mod club, um, I performed, and after the performance, I guess there was like different producers in the crowd, and one of the producers emailed my dad, and he was like, "Hey, we're interested in having Tara on like this show that we're working on. Like, can we do like a behind the scenes in the studio or something?" And my dad kind of brainstormed an idea he's like you know what like we need to do something better so that they want you to they they want you on the show again so he put together a music video super fast they came behind the scenes i interviewed some of the you know the crew behind the scenes the dancers all of that they loved it and they called me back for more episodes and yeah i did a couple episodes with them it was definitely a great experience um yeah just interviewing artists interviewing different people on camera it was dope, to be honest. Sure, sure. Yeah. I guess you got, like, the IMDb, like, credit from there and all that. Because, like, usually, like, when you're on a show like that, they put, like, the IMDb credit for a bit, too. And then oh. I think you get, like, I think, residual checks in some cases, too. And all yeah, I, I did get, um, what's it called? I think I just got, like, one check. Like, they kind of oh, just sure. paid me for, like, the filming time. Oh, it was a smaller show, so, like, the budget wasn't as, you know, big. Oh, but, sure. um... The checks were nice, though. <laughs> uh, 100% yeah. too. And, you know, getting back onto, like, the Little T, um, like, transition. So yeah. you transitioned from Little T to Tara, Lo- to Tara Lord, yeah. like, at that point. So was it a process for you to transition within that growth? 100%. And being taken seriously. Yeah. Taken- yeah. And being taken seriously. Sorry to cut you <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. It was a process because I was transitioning from, like, being kind of like a bubblegum type, like, ha he he, family channel type rapper to like now being an adult and wanting to, first of all, wanting to cuss <laughs> and also like just wanting to express myself and talk about real life things. Um, it was hard for me to like figure out what lane I wanted to go and how I was going to make that switch. For a long time, I would call myself, um, I think Tara Lord, a.k.a. Little T or Little T, a.k.a. Tara Lord. I don't remember which one until I kind of just dropped the Little T and then did the Tara Lord. But it was definitely a challenge. Nah, for sure. And was it like, I guess, like kind of hard for fans that were from like Little T when they got to know more about uh, Tara Lord or were they more like accepting and like chill with that like whole transition and all that? Yeah. I think they were more I think they were more accepting, but I think a lot of people still don't know that I was Little T because I did take a break. So, like, they might have forgot about Little T and then Tara Lord came, like, I came back and they maybe didn't put two and two together, right? I even seen someone the other day and she was like, oh, I was wondering what happened to Little T. Like, I can't believe that's you. So, yeah, it's nah. definitely different. 100% too. And I'm just going to jump uh, ship uh, to a bit, like, for a bit and all that and, like, you know, get even more uh, with this project and all that. So, you dropped uh, I Am, like, Tara Lord, like, Chapter 1 and all that. It had one of your most, like, major singles, like, of all time, like, uh, Praying. I know, like, the remix uh, wasn't on there, but, like, the actual single, like, did numbers and all that. And, you know, I want to get more into the inspiration and creative process for that. So, like, what was it like? Yeah, I mean, I've been planning on dropping a project for, like, two years. This project is two years in the works. It's gone through so many different versions. Like, so many different songs got cut off, got switched around. And so we finally, like... Until I finally decided on like the fi- you know, like the final draft of what I wanted to do. But it's basically just inspired by my journey as not only a artist, but as a human, you know. I start off with I am Tara Lord, which is basically my reintroduction to the world. I'm speaking on who I am, um, what I want to accomplish, and yeah, just all about who I am as an artist. And then it goes into praying. And then it's kind of just like navigating my journey through the pressures, through, you know 
just dealing with the stress, dealing with pressures, dealing with dealing with life. And the last song is called Finally, because, you know, after all that, it feels like finally things are starting to make sense because it didn't always make sense for me. So, yeah, it's, it's really I feel like it's my most vulnerable piece of work that I've ever made. Ah, interesting, yeah. too. And like what I like about the project is like, you know, more so with the production on it. I feel like it has like more of a unique style that has like more of like certain elements i've heard from like other projects and all that like if i could actually like compare it to a project like sound wise um mm-hmm. i don't know if you know like the rapper like cowboy and all that like he yeah, dropped like yeah. his uh, debut album like i feel like with some songs they kind of had like you know unique elements from what i've heard on this project so you know to speaking you know more about like you know the upsides downsides you know the whole like process of life and all that and you know getting people to know your name and all that to know your story and all that so it's like very like interesting from there and then i think a couple singles that kind of like got on to me were like the song like my whole life and then like mm-hmm. also with intro like the intro track uh for a bit too because you know you were more in depth on like what were you do like what you're doing and all that like with the music you know being on rolling loud you know yeah being like you know little t and like yeah, all these like yeah. other like elements too and like it's interesting to hear in that sense you know yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so shout out to Mills. Um, he's the main producer of the project. He actually put together that intro. I sent him a bunch of interviews that I've done and he kind of just pieced them all together. And it was great because it kind of just like shows kind of like the overwhelmingness and people wanting to know, like pe- people want to know, like, where did you come from? How did you get a Rolling Loud? Like, who are you type of thing? And in I Am Tar Lord, I kind of answer all those questions. Um, yeah. Oh, sure. And, you know, like when forming this project, you know, even before uh, it's released, like you've had like other things before, like the Praying remix and then I Yee Yee with like Young Tori and all that and like yeah, a lot yeah. of like other stuff, too. So when they didn't make the cut um, for like the main project, like what would like the reason be in that sense? Um, first of all, I didn't want any features on this project. Uh, I kind of want to be a little selfish or I guess selfless. Uh, selfish. True, true selfish yeah and just like have myself on it and just tell my story and get everything out um it's also really vulnerable so i had to pick songs that fit that theme because yeah i do have songs that i love like if they wanna or dash or the song with young tori but it didn't really fit the theme of this project so i wanted to make sure that every song made sense from beginning to end and it all flowed together and really told my story of vulnerability um, I do want to drop some more, you know, turn up songs and different types of songs. But this project, I just wanted to focus on, you know, the emotions uh, and the journey. Uh, and I guess like that will be more like on chapter two and all that? Uh, not even. <laughs> I'm going to say for next year. All right. I don't know if I'm going to keep doing the chapters, but next year, closer to the summer. You know, uh-huh. it's getting cold, so I got to keep dropping some more emotional music. <laughs> but I'm going to be making some bangers for the summer to turn up to in the club, for sure. Uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, just getting back onto track right now, um, you know, when you start, when you got onto the whole idea of being Tara Lord, like, how was your experience, you know, immersing in the Toronto music scene in, like, Scarborough and, like, even in Toronto in general and, like, networking and performing when you first, like, started out? Was it a process for you to get your name out there at first? I mean, I'm blessed because uh, my dad did have some connections, like his old DJ and people that he's worked with. So I got on a lot of lineups early. So like before my my first pro- my first album, I did an album as a little T before it was even finished. I already was on, you know, on bills and t- to do different showcases. So I'm blessed, you know, to have that opportunity. And it kind of just went like 
after one show, someone would see me and book me for another show. So, you know, I feel like the more you get your your, your name out there, the more people book you for different opportunities. What caught up to me uh, about like you, like in that sense, too, is, you know, seeing like this one TikTok go one day I was like kind of scrolling and like, yeah. you know, you were like rapping like on the TDC and all that, you know, performing I think my whole life and all that. I think you were sitting and then I think you were like kind of walking like in a straight like direction. So mm-hmm. like even like creating like content like that yeah. to get people to tap into like your music and all that. How do you value the the importance of the content creating and, you know, being active on TikTok and all that? It's super important. Even I need to like up my TikTok, my content game. I try to be consistent, but, you know, it's hard to keep up, but it's super important. I mean, we live in a day and age where everyone's on their phone, whether it's your five year old, a five year old, a freaking 80 year old, like everyone's on their phone scrolling. So it's definitely a free way to get recognition um i mean before we used to have like much music would which would play like music videos and we had like you know even radio people don't really listen to radio anymore we had different different platforms that aren't really a thing anymore i feel like now with social media it's like it's a great way especially as independent artists because you're getting eyes on you and you don't have to pay a dime you just gotta be creative and drop and be consistent yeah no 100% too and like i guess like even with the people like that were like watching for the first time did it kind of like lead to the engagement for people to check out your Spotify and Apple Music and all those other platforms to like even check out the album or to even like check out those songs? Yeah, actually, I've gotten like messages, people saying like, oh, I saw you. I found you on Instagram or I found you on TikTok um, or people commenting saying, oh, wow, like I can't stop listening to this song. So it definitely it definitely is worth it as an artist. If you're an artist, you know, I know it's I know it can be annoying to like, you know, do content, but it it's definitely worth it. <laughs> no, 100% too. And, you know, even with TikTok, uh, TikTok uh, nowadays, like it has helped some people like Coyle Ray and all that. And like the Flyanna boss girls, like, you know, when they did like the whole like yeah. Hello Christ thing. But then it kind of also was like hard for artists like, you know, with Steve Lacey and all that because or like Charlie XCX because, you know, they don't want to be seen as like TikTok artists and all that. You know, they want to be respected for their stuff and all that. And... Mm. You know, in your opinion, do you feel like finding a way to make your music go viral on TikTok is a fair, creative, effective way for artists to use? Or does it like diminish like their artistry in that sense? I don't think it diminishes your artistry as long as the videos you're making are in brand and within your morals. Like if you're doing stupid stuff, I don't know if I can swear on here. Uh, yeah, you're cool. Okay, yeah. okay. If you're doing like stupid shit, obviously it's like diminishing you because it's like now you're just chasing clout. But if you know, if you're like making a, um, like for me, I I was lip syncing my whole life on the on the subway, writing my raps. Like that's authentic to me because that's just showing a glimpse of my real life because I take the transit and I write my raps. You know, so if you're making realistic things that are you know related to you and who you are, I don't think it's gimmicky and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. To be honest. I feel like why not use the platform? It's there for artists. It's free. So, yeah. Yeah, nah, 100% too and all that. And I think, like, it leads to, like, more doors and all that. Like, even, like, before the whole, like, Rolling Loud thing, because I know some people, like, they'll do TikTok, um, and then it leads to, like, better, like, to better opportunities and all that, or to, like, better, like, engagements and all that. But with you, like, I feel like it did, like, work out, like, in your favor and all that. Like, you've performed at Rolling Loud last year. You managed to share the stage with some of the biggest like artists like in this in the world and all that and like yeah. even in toronto in that sense too and i feel like you've already like discussed this like so many times too but uh kind of get more onto the impact side of it like after performing how was it like for you from then until now like did it ever like change for you like in a way 
Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely honored to have been a part of that, be a part of Toronto hip hop history. It's amazing. Definitely changing for me. I feel like it really, you know, put a stamp, you know, like kind of just like another thing putting me on. And I definitely gained way more respect um, and recognition, which was great. Uh, on the downside, I would say people, it, pe maybe people just like, want to talk to you for the wrong reasons because they also want to get on and you oh, know what true, I mean? True. That kind of thing. Like, like on some like leech. Uh, yeah, like that. leeching on to me yeah. type of thing. But I wasn't born yesterday and I've been in the industry <laughs> for a minute so I can normally yeah. tell the fakes from, from the real ones, you know? Nah, 100% too. Yeah. And like, you know, even it being like a whole like networking type thing and all that, like you're going to be seeing American rappers, UK rappers, Toronto rappers, like walking to the stage you know, people with uh, brands and all that. So, like, even, like, during, like, those three days or the day that you performed, have you tried to, like, tap in with, like, other people, like, to kind of network in that sense, too, like, while you were there? Yeah, I mean, I did tap in with this Montreal artist called Slim. She performed right after me. Um, and also, I tapped in with Kay Charles. He performed before me. But besides that, security was really... Like, I guess you know doing that. their job, but like, <laughs> yeah. So basically every section was blocked off. We weren't allowed to really communicate with any of the other artists. We weren't able to go within our section. Everything was gated. So it, it definitely made it difficult to network. But I did make some, you know, dope connections. And yeah, true, true. yeah. Nah, it was good. 100% uh, too. And, you know, as we finished off like part one, you know, we're just going to get into like uh, part two uh, right now. Some like these other topics. I mean, we've discussed, like, the EP and more inside, like, on that, even with Chapter 2, too. But to get more onto, like, the other topics, uh, too, um, what would, like, a day in the studio be like for you? Day in the studio? Um, it depends. It depends. Sometimes I'll pull up to the studio and, like, um, my producer will be there and my guitarist will be there and... He, they'll just start working on melodies, just, like, random melodies. I kind of, like, direct whether I like it or not. I get in the I get in the booth and I start freestyling on the mic, start freestyling melodies, and then I kind of listen to it and write it. Other days I'll be writing at home, and then I tell I hit up my engineer. I'm like, listen, I wanna I wanna record on this beat and this beat, and I'll go in the studio, vibe out, and just and you know and just and record. I definitely like to record alone. I don't like to drink. I don't smoke, so I like to be sober. You know, just. Yeah, just chilling by myself and just focus. Because for me, when I'm in the studio, I'm working, right? So I take it serious and try to get as much done as possible. True, true. And yeah, just vibes. Yeah, 100% too. Um, I know in some cases too, like I know you said you don't drink, you don't smoke. You don't want people like in the room unless they're producing or engineering yeah. and all that. So, yeah. but have you tried certain elements to getting in that mood too? Like, you know, playing with the lighting or like having a oh, candle and all that? Yeah, 100%. Like for certain songs, like I will turn off the light or like dim the lights or put incense or like put different you know room lights sometimes like sometimes it'll be funny because i'll be recording a song like let's say like i don't know my whole life like more kind of energetic but then i have to record but then i need to finish up like a sad breakup song so like i'll listen to like my favorite breakup songs and like imagine myself sad so I have to kind of get in character sometimes. So I listen to songs to like either hype me up or to like bring me back down type of thing. No, yeah. 100% too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've managed to like even like tap in with like a lot of people and all that. 
with Young Tori with IEE and all that, Dub J and like Roni yeah. for the Pranga stuff. And then uh, Nanu, I think you had like a song together, like at one point, I think like I've heard like an interview where you guys had a song and all that. Yeah, we had, a, yeah, that was a while ago. I think it was right before COVID. Uh. But we have a song called Rompe where I am like tapping into that Latin side and I do a little like. Spanglish on oh, it. It's a, it's a fun record, definitely like a summer vibe. Yeah, no, 100% too. And I mean, aside from like the whole like Nanu Finger, how did the, like those come about and like how was like the experience, you know, like working with them, like with their high multitudes, like a fame in that sense too, with followers, with songs and everything else too. Um, And like what advice did they give you on becoming like successful, like in the music industry and such? Um, Let me think about it. Um, So Nanu came about because I was on the same showcases her and I guess our managers at the time kind of like set it up together we were down so she sent me the song I liked it and I sent back the verse and that was that um for young Tori I was in LA um I don't even know how that really came about but I was in LA and he saw that and he just hit me up and he's like Yo, like, let's work. I'm like, bet. I have a studio session. So I pulled him to the session. We were working on a song. He kind of came and he just like freestyled his verse in like an hour or less than an hour, to be honest. Didn't really get to talk to him too much. It was kind of like a high and by thing. With Roni, I did get to, you know, hang out with him a bit with him and Dub J. Um, he was just like telling me to, you know, continue to be consistent and continue to do my thing. Um, working with Roni was pretty dope. And working with Dub J was good, too. He gave me a lot of, like, tricks about the industry and and taught me about, like, algorithms and how to, you know, how to put together... Basically, yeah. like, spot. he taught me about, like, Spotify algorithms yeah. to... to yeah. Make the story and, short, yeah. You know, even with that guy too, like I've never heard like a bad like thing about him in that sense too. Like I've known, I've known like he's actually put like on for like a lot of people and all that. Like yeah. in building the brand more, like he's helped with like Parasite Richards yeah. a lot, with Duchess a lot, with like a lot of other people. Like he also like had this like one song with like Bizlock and Maestro yeah. that kind of helped with the community in that sense too. And I feel like I got to give him his uh, flowers uh, for a bit for putting on like a lot of people too, because, you know, I never really realized like the amount of work he put on for like a lot of these people too. Yeah. And My experience with him, with him was great. He helped me with the Roni feature. He originally, he, he um, heard my song praying and he reached oh, out true, and he's true. like, this is like my favorite song that I've heard anyone drop all year. Like, let's see what I can do. He sent it to Roni. Roni liked it. And yeah, it's, it's been good, good working with him. He's definitely puts on for a lot of artists, especially the female artists, which um, I appreciate for sure. Yeah, not 100% too. And, you know, even with you, like in that sense too, like what I like about you is like, you know, you actually have a unique voice. Like, you know, like when I hear like praying, you know, it kind of has like that whole like gentle, like soft yet you get like serious, you get like rambunctious, like on the beat and all that, you know, like kind of like keeping your flow and like kind of having your swagger off for a bit too. And like, it kind of like reminded me of like a mix between, you know, like Jesse Reyes and like Beauty and the Riot and like alongside with other uh, people like mm. within that style, like Nicki, uh, Nicki Minaj and all yeah. that, or like, you know, Dreezy and all that, or like Ting and all that. Um, And like even having that unique voice, how did you perfect it to make it more appealing to a wide variety of audiences? And was it something that became more of an advantage for you in that sense? Yeah, definitely an advantage, but it's definitely been a work in progress. Um, Yeah, I mean, before I didn't even like how my voice sounded on records. I feel like I didn't actually start liking my sound until covid I mean, unfortunately, um, I feel like COVID 
unfortunately because COVID was an unfortunate thing, but I turned it into a positive and I just locked myself in my house and just worked on music 24 seven. So I really just developed my song, my sound worked on singing, worked on like my whispery tones and it's definitely been an advantage and I'm, it's still a work in progress. I'm still working on, you know, my voice and how to make it sound the best it possibly can. Yeah. 100% too. And, you know, hopefully it goes on from there. Like it kind of, you know, you kind of stand out like even in Toronto right now, because when you think of like a lot of other people, like they have like the sort of like unoriginal, you know, undedicated type style. But with you, like, I feel like you kind of stand out, stand out, like even with the rap stuff and all that, even with the voice. And I feel like it does go like a lot higher than other people who kind of have that same style, that different, like same style that they always use and all that. And, you know, you know, keys open doors. So it's always obviously going to lead you to more doors, doors open and all that. So either way, yeah, you know. for sure. I try to be versatile and try to learn how to like change my voices for different songs, give whisper tone, give like a more bold sound. Um, and even switching up my melodies and switching up my flows as well. Cause I like to, I like every song to be different, even though it does sound like me, I don't want to replicate everything I do on a, on every song, yeah. you know? hundred percent too, actually. And, um, you know, the L.A. opportunity uh, came about for you um, just a while back. And like, I know you've talked about like L.A. Uh, for a bit, for a, uh, for a bit too. Yeah. Uh, my bad on that. Uh, but how did that happen? How was it like, you know, going there and like networking along with like along with like making music and such there and like in that sense? Yeah, I mean, it happened because there was basically like three different oppor separate opportunities that both were calling me to come to LA so I was like you know what all right shout out to my dad he booked a flight and I went and my management at the time manager at the time was in LA and it was great for networking I made a lot of different connects I learned a lot about the music industry and how it works and I got to meet some dope people some dope producers and I really feel like it helped me grow as an artist yeah it was, uh -huh. it, was it was amazing I fell in love with LA and um, I want to I want to go back soon. So hopefully yeah. I can. No, 100% too. I mean, LA is like the stomping grounds to getting your career out there and all that. And, you know, hopefully it like doesn't work out like when you do go, uh, when you do go back in that sense to even like New York, Atlanta, and yeah, like London sure. too. So yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, being a woman like in the music industry and all that, like I know like there's like a lot of like speculations with like the Me Too movement, Time's Up and like everything else too. And like even encounters like in studios where, producers or engineers or artists you know they only see like women uh artists who are women i'm not gonna say like female like artists anymore because you know female it's not really a term to kind of use like just like a woman who makes music in that yeah. sense too so you know with this whole studio situation you know you gotta fuck to you know kind of have this song and all that or to fuck to kind of have like these vocals and all that but you know being a woman like in the music industry how do you manage to maneuver through the tribulations and issues that go on as well as demanding the respect that you deserve as like an artist and all that? I feel like, um, I feel like for the most part, I get respected, um, respected as a woman in the industry. It is definitely difficult. First of all, being in hip hop since hip hop is male dominated. I mean, right now there's a lot of women doing it in hip hop that are actually running the game. But I feel like when I started, it kind of wasn't that many women in hip hop. So it's kind of hard to be taken seriously. A lot of people see me and they assume that I'm an R&B singer that I don't actually have bars. So I feel like women definitely have to prove themselves more. Um, but in terms of respect, I feel like it's just the way 
the way I move and the way I represent myself, people just know that I'm serious and that I don't play games. And if you do disrespect me, then <laughs> then I'm not working with yeah, you. It's exactly. just simple. I'm just I'm just blunt. I'm just I'm super blunt and I and I know my what's it called? I know my boundaries and yeah. 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 It's just uh, kind of knowing like, what the vibe is yeah. right and all that. Like, if you come to, like, an environment where you notice, like, the vibes, like, not really for you or it's something that doesn't hold to your values, you know, you just kind of, like, leave and all just, that. Then I yeah. just leave. I'm just, I'm super blunt and people know, people know that, so, yeah. Sure. And, you know, it kind of, like, leads into, like, this other question as, like, a growth, like, in artistry and all that. So, from, you know, being on Family Channel to being Little T to coming out as, like, Tara Lord and all that uh, dropping like singles with like Young Tory and Roni to performing at Rolling Loud to even like having like this whole like EP release and all that for I Am Tara Lord Chapter One. Did you feel like you've grown as an artist from the start of your career until now? A hundred percent. I feel like before, um, I I don't think before I was I really was an artist. Um, I definitely was forming into one, but I wasn't an artist yet. Um, I mean, my dad wrote my songs when I was a little T for the pretty much majority of the time. And then near the end, I started writing with him. Um, and I feel like before I would really like limit myself and I would kind of filter what I wanted to say. And I was scared of being vulnerable. And I feel like to be a true artist, you do have to be vulnerable. And that's how you connect with people. And you do have to just, you just have to just be real and connect. And I feel like through this journey, I've been able to be vulnerable and connect with people and tell my story and develop my sound. And I feel like I'm now like becoming a real artist, you know, even before I didn't really truly even connect with my music that much. I didn't really listen to my music, you know, like it was good. But now it's like I believe what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I believe yeah. what I'm doing and it feels right. And I'm only growing from here. No, 100 percent. too. And like I know with artists and like with a lot of other people, too, like they go for like many trials and tribulations. Like everyone is human. You know, everyone bleeds, cries, sweats like the same way and all yeah, that. And like yeah. we all go for like our days and all that. And, you know, being an artist and like just being a human being like in general and all that, like how do you deal with your mental health at times as a person in your position with a lot of stuff like going on in your life and all that, you know, do you feel like at times it can be like overwhelming or like, uh -huh. how do you manage to like balance it? Like in that sense? Yeah. hundred percent can be overwhelming. Um, I feel like honestly, just getting outside, going for walks. Um, I listen to a lot of meditation music, like a lot of meditation music. So just meditating and just zenning out, you know, I sound like a hippie, but yeah, just zenning out. Also music, you know, music is definitely an outlet for me where I express myself and express my frustrations and I just lay it all out on the pen and then bring it all out on, in the studio. And that's pretty much how I deal with it. But if you are struggling with your mental health, you know, talk to someone, try to go to the gym, go to the walk, go, go for a walk. You know, there's lots of different, lots of different things you can do to help yourself. But true, true. yeah, that's pretty much what I like to do. Yeah. 100% too. And do you ever have like any regrets in life or like overall, or do you regret nothing? Yeah. I was thinking about this question. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I feel like I do have regrets for sure. There's been opportunities that I've slept on or that I know passed because of something I did. But at the end of the day, like you can you can't sit around and think about your think about what could have been. You just have to keep moving forward and try not to make the same mistakes. And everything's a lesson, you know, so I just try to take everything with a grain of salt. As frustrating as it, as it can be sometimes, you know, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And sometimes some things just weren't meant for you. 
No, hundred percent too. Like I definitely like agree like in that sense too. I actually yeah. had like held this like question in uh, for a bit too. I didn't write it, but I've noticed it like a very long time. So you were actually in a cipher with Havaya Mighty before she was actually like on top and all that, and like this other artist named uh, Mazia for a bit yeah. too. So how was it like you know even being in that cipher with Havaya Mighty like at a pre you know, Havaya Mighty Grove and all that when she was, like, still with sororities and all that. And- yeah, it's been great. Um, Me and Havaya, I know her from time. I think I met her when I was, like, 16. So we we were performing together from years ago. Also Lola Buns, shout out Lola Buns. It's been great to, you know, grow, grow together. And it's crazy, all of us were on the Rolling Loud lineup, which is crazy because we used to be performing at, like, small little local bars and now we're on big stages. So it's definitely been great to grow with them and just see them flourish and see them work on their artistry and yeah it's been great definitely need to you know get some features done because they're it's it's been it's been too long like we should get get some songs together but it's been it's been good no 100 too and you know hopefully another cypher comes in with you havaya lola you know anyone else uh, too and all that and yeah we'll definitely like to happen in that sense you know that would be dope. That would be dope if we do like rerun the cipher and do it again. I think that'd be <laughs> yeah, cool. Run that, fam. Come, yeah. come on now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. I'm gonna reword uh, this, you know, strictly for the EP and all that because the EP is dropping. But you know, name three songs like in the EP that you would like to recommend for any person that has not heard about you before or that would like to know like more about you and like even with this like project as well. Definitely, I am Tara Lord because it talks about who I am. If you have any questions about me, I am Tara Lord will probably answer them about who I am as an artist. Definitely praying since it is one of my most popular songs and it really shows my sound and it really shows my vulnerability. And I love I love that song. Third song. I feel like that's a hard question. I'm trying to think. Trying to think. Um. This is hard. I want to say Paper Right because I feel like those three songs are different to show my versatility. I'm going to say My Whole Life. Okay, no, okay, yeah. I'm going to say I Am Tara Lord, Praying in My Whole Life. I love My Whole Life because I have bars on it, but I'm also showing, you know, my vocals and the chorus I'm singing on. So I'm going to say those three songs you should take a listen to if you haven't already. Yeah, for sure. And for everyone like watching right now, I'm just like pointing myself at that camera right there. Go stream that EP uh, right now. It's out on, on all platforms. Yes. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, not Apple Podcast, my bottom <laughs> that Apple Music. You know, sometimes podcasts with music it just ha- happens. Um, title, YouTube, you know, everything, everywhere else you also get your music, you know. And like, you know, definitely uh, give it a shot and all that. It's like kind of like one of the best projects i've heard so far this year and all that and thank you you know we definitely gotta show love to everyone you know with the music and all that and go stream that ep out right now and you know before we go and all that you know i want to get like you know closing out remarks that you would like to say uh, for a bit too like where can they like follow you like on social media and all that yeah you can follow me at official tara lord t-a-r-a-l-o-r-d on instagram on tiktok you can find me on YouTube, everywhere. Stream I Am Tara Lord. DM me. Let me know how you like it. And yeah, let's stay connected.
sure for sure you know tara you know like it's like a pleasure having you and all that you know it's been a dope vibe you know conversating you with you like on the stories with everything like that and all that and you know just even like sharing your story for a bit and like getting your insights too and like we'll definitely do more of these like soon and all that like when you have like a new project out or if anything were to happen yeah, and all that sure. and you know this is josh also known as the issue of tloi talks you know you could get it like on all platforms spotify apple Podcasts, not apple music but you know <laughs> apple Podcasts is like also dope too you know give it like a good review five stars you know or any other star like yes, that depends sir. and all that but sprout youtube you know much more and all that there's definitely going to be more soon so like definitely like tap in and all that and you know this is josh also known as yashu with the legendary tar lord i am tar lord Not chapter legendary. one uh chapter one out now on all platforms you know you know signing off guys let's tune off from there bye <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, you know? That was like a dope one, you know? <laughs>